Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2025. Be prepared to be inspired. Today, we're in Australia. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Guess what? Today I'm in New South Wales, Australia, with a very special guest by the name of Lee Adeen. Lee, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Yeah, Mark, let's do it. Let's do it. We're going to have some fun. You know, one of the things I've learned is that the, the car fan, uh, fanatics around the world are around the world. They're everywhere. And it's good to be back in Australia. I haven't had a guest from Australia on the show for a little bit now. So it's nice to be back uh, down under. Before I give you yeah. a, a proper introduction, would you share one little thing that maybe people don't know about you, Lee? Yeah, sure. So like we, we do a, a Porsche magazine. Everyone just expects me to be a Porsche guy from birth. But uh I once owned a 10-second Mazda RX-2 street kind of drag car which, uh, in my 20s, which I used to go down the local drag strip with. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So, so there's something, something a bit side. You started with the Japanese mark, but you've migrated into the uh, the Deutschland, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I wanted to go around the corner. <laughs> oh, there you go. Okay, well, we just upset a couple uh, Mazda guys, but don't worry, you Mazda guys. We still love your cars because they roll on rubber, so uh, there you go. My mom had a RX-7 when they first came out, and all yeah. my friends thought she was like the coolest mom for driving a sports car like that, and she didn't let me drive it very much. She was probably wise to do that, but uh, the few times that I get, did get to go out and take it on dates and stuff, uh, it was a really yeah. fun car to drive, and she liked it as well. So, But I don't think her was as fast as yours it sounds like you did a few mods yeah yeah so it was like a, a 1970s model um the newer ones obviously handle pretty good especially when you're you know you're in your 20s you just it's just a power wall with your mates pretty much <laughs> so yeah it had a um i think you call it the fd the series series six series seven um 30 meter turbo wow. um 400 horsepower type thing at, the, at the wheels and those things don't weigh very much I'd, I don't know, 800 kilos or something. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was one of those things. Well, <laughs> sounds like fun. Sounds like a fun youth for sure. Let me give you a proper yeah. introduction. We're going to talk about what you're up to today. Lee Dean is the founder of Duck and Whale Magazine, born in 2015 to give the Porsche community a magazine made to emulate the beauty of the motor vehicles that we Porsche lovers all adore. Duck and Whale is an art magazine a journal where they write as much about the images and design. D&W, as they call it, tells human stories through interviews, automotive journalism, and even fact-based fiction pieces. Lee's a creative director, a photographer, writer, and father of three living in Sydney, Australia. His background is in the advertising, design, and print industries. The D&W story is that every Porsche journey is unique, and it's their aim to highlight and understand the path each Porsche person is on, regardless of how long they've been traveling. Uh, by the way, Lee's all, Lee also recommends uh, shifting down a gear and flooring it as often as possible. Okay, I'll do that. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. We'll be back in just a minute. But first, a word from our valued sponsors. We'll give them a little bit of love, and we'll be right back. We're down in Australia today. What fun. Be right back. My friends at Covercraft offer you 10 different options. That's right, 10 
for your vehicle's protection. You can choose from WeatherShield HP, HD, Sunbrella, Ultratect, Reflect, FormFit, Custom View Shield, and their newest five-layer all-climate cover, three-layer moderate climate cover, and a five-layer indoor option. You have all sorts of ways to protect your car. All of these are custom-tailored by Covercraft's talented craftspeople. It's the form and fit with the quality to attention to detail that's been their standard since 1965. Service protection is the best way to preserve the investment you've made in your vehicles. It's what I do. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft too. I have a Covercraft cover for every one of my vehicles, and I've got a deal for you. If you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21, at Covercraft.com, they'll give you 10% off your order, plus you get free shipping. That's right, 10% off and free shipping. Just use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. I was talking with a buddy of mine the other day, and he asked me about American Collectors Insurance. He said, while I listen to you on Cars Yeah, you're always talking about agreed value collector car insurance. Well, I insure all my cars on my regular auto insurance policy, and I've done it for years. Why use a different company for my collector cars? I get a multi-car discount. Isn't that good enough? I suggested he call his carrier and ask how much he would get if his collector car was totaled are stolen. He called back and said, boy, that was a scary conversation. Their value of my car wasn't even close to what it's really worth. Thank you for the education, Mark. So don't just hope for a fair claim settlement. Be certain and know exactly what you receive with an agreed value policy. American Collectors Insurance has been protecting enthusiasts since 1976. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866 866- 224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green's at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance, classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors, automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. They're the ones that insure my car. That's American Collectors Insurance. All right, Lee, we are back. So I've got my foot to the floor, and since I drive a turbo, I better hold on because those old 80 turbos have that turbo lag that will bite you in the tail if you do things wrong. I would love for you to talk about how you got into launching this publication because you came from a similar background as I did, design and advertising, uh, print, drawing, writing, photography, all of that, and you decided to go out and start a magazine. So how did this all come about? I know it's a bit mad, and uh, sorry, it's it's pouring with rain here where I am. So it is here too today. Static in the background. <laughs> we're in, we're in the same boat. It is dumping rain, but I'm in the Pacific Northwest where you know it pretty much rains every day. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the beginning. Um, uh, yeah, I worked in advertising and I traveled around a bit um, doing that. I I did over in the UK and uh, worked in some of the big flagship magazines over there. You probably know of um, in Auto Car and. European Car Mag and and uh, Autosport. Oh yeah, yeah. So great fun magazines. Really, you know, they were weekly, so they were they were very fast paced. You just had to be good and fast. Yep, <laughs> it's the only way to survive. And back in Australia, I um, advertising is great, and uh, I it's kind of a different different type of vibe and a different um, I don't know different feeling to the magazines. Where the magazines are more of a, a team team kind of spirit in well uh, around that time around the kind of late 2000s mm-hmm. uh, when magazines were still kind of uh, going strong historically in Australia. I, I designed uh, Wheels Magazine, which was a, a very big 
uh, kind of the flagship magazine here in Australia. And yeah, I, I guess I learned, um, I cut my teeth there and learned, you know, from working with some of the best in the business, just how, how great a magazine can be. And, and then coming out of that and, and trying to go out on my own as a designer and um, kind of a content creator, I just really missed the magazines and uh, I missed the cards because we could just, at Wheels Magazine, they had a, they had a, back then there was, I think the iPhone 1 had just come out. Uh, there was a diary on the, on the, on the desk of uh, one of the employees there and he, you know, he would just write everyone's name down next to all the cars that we had in the garage that we were testing. So, um, we, you know, you'd, over that time period, you just drive everything, absolutely everything um, that came out new. How fun. Yeah, it was great. You didn't need a car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You didn't need one of your own. So that was a brilliant time. And, and I just missed that moving away. And, you know, it, it's a mixture of getting back into the cars and getting back into driving, which is something I really love. And kind of showing the world what a Porsche mag could be. And back then at that time, there was no triple O. There was no, um, I think, uh, excellence. It was, it was kind of a standout. And the UK mags were kind of getting into a bit of a rut or just in the habit of like putting a, a car on the cover that had like one or two pages on the inside or the story wasn't big enough or didn't go in deeper or, right. you know, yeah. those kind of things where, where I, I love to get the cover car, or, you know, pick up a magazine and then, and then dive into like a, a really big feature that had a lot of information or, you know, a lot of imagery. So you could really get dive into that pool. Let's talk about first starting with the name. Now I get the whale part of it. <laughs> and I think the duck, I figured out what you're talking about there. But when I know when I first saw it, I went, duck and whale, what are they talking about? I went, oh, okay, I think I know, but I'll let you explain it. Yeah. Uh, well, duck and whale is, um, uh, we need to come up with a name. Uh, we're obviously an independent magazine, so uh, we didn't want to have any any copyright issues with, with Porsche and yeah, you know, we love love the company and what they do, but they're they're very um very tight with their mark, that's for sure. <laughs> well they're very tight, yeah. Yeah. So Carrera and all sorts of things like that were were all copyrighted and um yeah, they should be. So uh yeah, we had to be a little creative. So the duck is is paying homage to the seventy three R S. Yeah. Uh with the ducktail spoiler and uh the whale tail is something you'd be familiar with <laughs> with the nine nine thirty turbo. I've got one of those. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I found it a fascinating uh name for a magazine and it caught my attention the first time I heard about you guys and went, oh oh yeah, okay, I see what they're up to. So <laughs> the Porsche mark, what does that mark mean to you? And and when did you first get bit by the Porsche bug? <clears throat> yeah. Okay, so the Porsche mark, it's something very special and in driving all the cars at the car mags, you know, there was Porsche guys there and, and I came to Porsche quite late and, you know, their their passion for for the mark rubbed off on me and um but it was really getting to drive every nearly every single car on the market and then driving a Porsche. It's it, it just stood out to me you know, very clearly that, that mm-hmm. these were something very special. So my some of the first Porsches I ever drove were in the 996s, and then we moved through the the 996s, the 97s, and the turbos and GT3s as they were released, and um, 97s, and you know I had a, cra- a crazy time in in the 97 GT2. That really spoke to me you know, coming back to my 20s with a 400 horsepower wild turbo car, and this was a, a car that kind of had that feeling of power and and you know rear drive push but was had so much refinement in the car and that that car stole my heart i think and then from that point i i you know i started walking backwards through through the mark and uh my current car that i own is a 1973 911 t that's uh 
quite sport purpose, let's say. <laughs> let's say. Uh, is it a bit bespoke? So if you think about many of the backdated cars these days going back to those long hoods, but yours is, is real. I had a 72S for many, many years, drove it a lot. My kids learned how to drive on that car, uh, stick shift in that car, and took it on many tours and, and loved to drive it. And that whole era of Porsche, to me, because it goes back to when I was in high school in the 70s, is when it really bit me, although it goes back... Uh, a little bit further, but does your magazine cover, you guys cover the whole gamut from early 356s through modern cars? Yeah, we do. So everything Porsche, and that gets us into a little bit of trouble sometimes, but people kind of like their niches, but <laughs> I try and I try and cover, get a, a great mix and a, and a great kind of rhythm in the magazine of new and old and, um, you know, race and, and you know, factory original and, um, and you know, creative stuff and, you know, the original beauty of the cars. So the mix of the magazine is very important. When you look at your magazine for telling our listeners a little bit more about this, how often does the publication come out? How many times a year? Okay, so it's it's a quarterly. So every three months uh, it's supposed to. And through this pandemic, it's been a a little off off schedule because, um, you know, finding paper and finding printers and and, um, different things around the world at the moment uh, uh has been a little tough but we're trying to get back on schedule and if if a subscriber you know we sell subscriptions in four issue lots like for a year and then and then that can um uh, roll over again if, if people choose but if they pay for a four and uh, you know we, we only make three in the year then um you know we just we just keep that going until yeah. you get your four yeah i love it and so about how big is the publication as far as page count so it's 132 pages but there are 150 GSM, which is I think we might run into some um, <laughs> into some uh, conversion yeah. <laughs> issues here. Uh, I should actually dig up the uh, the American print spec. So it's quite thick. It's quite thick paper. So yeah, it's um, yeah. it's an art journal, and we we go 40 pages of gloss, like heavy gloss paper, and then 40 pages of uncoated, which is like a matte mm-hmm. stock, and then another 40 pages with a hard board cover on it. And um, yeah. yeah, it's a beautiful magazine to, to hold and um, smell and, and feel. So it's people say that it's it's an air-cooled 911 in, in a magazine. <laughs> you know, that's a cool way to think about it. I, I was going to tell the listeners, I've had the uh, publishers, uh, Pete Stadovcourt, of course, of Triple Zero, which is a similar style publication with what he launched. Yeah. You guys have been around a little bit longer than he has, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just a little bit. And then, of course, there's Magneto, which has a similar type format. And I've had the publishers of that publication. Linkage, or an advertiser here, which is another one of that uh, same design, if you will, the quarterly publication that goes in-depth a bit. Avance is another one. A local guy here started the Avance Group. Crankshaft's another new magazine that's really great. I like this new format for publications because I, I've told my listeners this. I used to subscribe to 40-plus magazines. For decades. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I found myself not reading all of them after a while. And it's because of what came out on the Internet. And I'd open a, a magazine. Well, let's talk about somebody who's gone, Auto Week. You know, I got that magazine for decades. And there's like, well, I've already heard about all this stuff. Uh, and they yeah. were, you know, they were weekly, then, of course, biweekly. But the same as some of the many others. So now I've really pared it down uh, to just a few, pretty much the ones that we've talked about there, because I just found myself not reading them and the content in some of the more mainstream publications, maybe because of my age, just didn't seem to fit with what I liked. And because I'm a Porsche guy, yeah. uh, you know, I yeah. get Panorama because I'm a Porsche Club member, but that magazine comes mm-hmm. out monthly. But uh, I love what you're doing just because of the Porsche side, but you go 
pretty deep into different categories of the Porsche brand, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. And we, um, just like what you're saying there, is um, a section of the, the print industry got replaced by the internet and by feeds and um, short, you know, short burst little uh, bits of information coming through the internet kind of replaced those weeklies. If you want to survive as a, as a print magazine, you had to move into almost an experience kind of sector yeah. where you know, the magazine becomes something that you don't get on the internet, where it's, you know, it's that feeling of turning the page and the, and the, and the sound of, of the actual page turning is a thing, something that needs to kind of be cherished and that's content aside. And then so, with, so the content really needs to be involving and, um, and to be an escape and, and something quite different than just information. So it really needs to be emotional and focus on those things. And we've actually got a writer that we've been experimenting with a few Porsche fiction articles, which have fact in them in, in that the, the details on the cars are correct, but we, we put them in different situations. Oh, that's cool. And some interesting stories come out of that, which is, which is really cool. Yeah, I like that. Now, I'll tell our listeners that I met Lee, gosh, this was what, three years? So was it three years ago, four years 2019, ago? 2019, was it? Oh, man. Yeah. I think so. At Rentsport. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At Laguna Seca and uh, talked with him for a while and said, okay, this is kind of cool. And then we kind of lost touch and recently got back connected here. I think through Facebook, I think it was your birthday yeah. that I saw pop up. So I reached out and said, happy birthday and said, hey, let's get you on yeah, the show. So, you. well, you're welcome. I'm happy to have you here and promote what you're doing. You know, I'd like to talk about what I call driving inspirations, people that have been key influencers, mentors, or other people that have helped you along the way. Is there somebody like that in your life? Yeah. So, well, it's an interesting question and it's hard to name just one. And, you know, I looked up, looked up to kind of big people that, that, that I didn't know of, like, you know, Michael Jordan's and kind of Winston Churchill, Churchill's were, you know, the big inspirations kind of pushing me forward. But, um, you rarely do I kind of you, you find someone that is like the the perfect human in all aspects. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, I don't think that know. exists. <laughs> I don't think that exists. So I take from the buffet and and um, at Wheels Magazine there was a, a great designer in chief there that just had a mastery of design at that point. Uh, his name is Glenn Smith. I really appreciate and and um, you know take on board some of the, some of the things and lessons in design that that I learned there. There's two other guys. So first one, Kim Burke, who I, I work with on the magazine, is a very, very sharp guy. Um, he just has this ability of looking at, at things from, you know, 30,000 feet where, where I'm always, we're talking about things and I'm, I'm throwing out all these, like I, I think too much, you know, and I'm throwing out all these objections of hurdles into the street. And he's just like, no, 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 this is, <laughs> this is the big view from up the top. Um, and I really admire that, his ability to do that. And uh, another guy, Kobe, uh, Simmet, who's, um, just enthusiasm for life is just out of control. <laughs> and, you know, me being quite a, a subdued character or, or a creative uh, personality. So, uh, you know, I, I like to get around these guys that, that kind of give you a boost. He's just revels in other people's success. And, and you, you know, he's, he's the guy you want to share the idea with. Very fortunate. We'll take a short break and thank our sponsors. We come back. I want to talk about a big challenge. Boy, we just went through a big one the last few years, didn't we? Uh, <laughs> so keep that thought in mind and we will be right back. Auto Geek's Blackfire SiO2 Spray Sealant. It's a spray-on, wipe-off sealant that's quick, safe, and easy to clean and protect your vehicles. I love using it on all my cars. 
AutoGeek's Blackfire SiO2 spray sealant is a spray-on wipe-away sealant that uses SiO2 ingredients to provide a slick, brilliant, and long-lasting shine. Silicon dioxide is known to be one of the most effective ingredients in car care products, and Blackfire spray sealant takes advantage of every stunning feature it has to offer. This sealant will protect your paint from road film, dirt, and other common contaminants while providing an impeccable, long-lasting, hydrophobic surface that forces water to sheet and bead on your paint for months. Go to autogeek.net to get yours and for the best product selections on the internet today, along with their skilled technical support. Autogeek.net is where I go for all my detailing needs. That's autogeek.net. Check them out today. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on firsthand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe, and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. So let's talk about a big challenge, big obstacle that you face along the way, Lee. This could be at Duck and Whale. It could be in life. It doesn't really matter. It's more about how you overcame the situation and how you turned it into a really valuable learning lesson. So uh, let's maybe go into a corner and uh, allow the turbo boost to kick in and cause some <laughs> mayhem, which it can happen. I know. Yeah. Uh, luckily, I haven't uh, put the back end of my car into any guardrails. Uh, but take us on a bit of a <laughs> uh, maybe sloppy ride, rough ride. Yeah, well, uh, let's uh, keep on topic and we're talking about the magazine. Yeah. Um, one of the big challenges that happened very, very early on is just the decline of the print industry. So I started this, you know, wonderful, amazing magazine. And, uh, you know, here I am knocking on the doors of distribution houses and things. And, and, you know, you just, the person opening the door just had this sour look on their face. Like, why, why are you doing this? Like, yeah. you know, all our numbers are down in Australia. We started just purely in Australia and, uh, the way you would, do things where we have news agencies over here where like, you know, bookshops and magazine shops, mm-hmm. like on the street where you would go in and, and, and do that. Um, everywhere is kind of different in the world and everything was in decline. And, you know, you would, you print 5,000 magazines and, um, you know, 60% of them wouldn't get sold and they'd just get dumped in a bin. It, it was a sad, sad scene. And I, I just knew that we had a great product and I started the magazine thinking, look, we're going to need a distribution system that's better than this. It hasn't been, you know, I, I just don't know of it yet. So, you know, let's just push through this and we'll see if we can, someone's going to invent it at some point. Right, right. <laughs> and that ended up being the internet and, and e-commerce and like a the pack and send order model. It's like a very small Amazon model where, you know, someone buys something online, it's a physical product, it's not a digital product. And uh, we moved this analog experience, you know, packed in a box to direct to the customer. In doing that, we cut out so much waste 
you actually get data on, on who's actually buying the magazine because the other way you, you've got no data. You don't know who they are. You don't know what they like, why they bought the magazine, where they bought it. So all that kind of changed change where we were but we moved very very early i just i just looked at all the the pessimism and just was just like uh you know i i don't want to listen to all these old guys i just want to listen to some of the young guys that are talking about what what's going to come down the track and um keep focused on the positive things and um and we moved very early and everyone thought we were mad he's going to lose all your subscription base because people are turning up to news agencies and we pulled out of news agencies and went solely online and looking back, that was the thing that saved us. Things got worse. Yeah, it you know it's really interesting as things evolve and change. The business I was in before was in the direct mail catalog business, and this thing called the internet started coming along. And we were kind of looking at it out of the corner of our eye, thinking, "Hmm, I wonder if this will work." And I remember meeting with a vendor of ours selling product, and we had this meeting. And I remember the owner sitting there, and we were talking about the internet. And he said, "Look, no one's going to buy this stuff on these computers. People have to go into stores and see this stuff. No one's ever going to buy anything that way." Yeah. Not that I had a crystal ball, but I did have kids that were embracing the internet. And I always would go to them and say, what are you seeing? Now, some people were laughing at me about it, but I remember much later when the internet came along big time. And then, of course, this little guy named Jeff Bezos, who lives about an hour away from me, started this little <laughs> thing called Amazon selling books. And I remember thinking, who buys a book online that they can't pick it up and look at it? And then I remember that yeah. meeting with that guy and I went, uh, I think this guy's on to something. And there you go. I remember my kids one day walking in. They were in high school. One was in high school, one was in college. And they saw all these car magazines. And they said, Dad, why do you subscribe to magazines? None of my friends read magazines. I'm never going to read them. Why would I read a magazine? And it stuck in my head so strong because I went, okay, those, oh, no. <laughs> those, yeah, those are the next generation people. Now, I, I'm not saying it to dismiss what you've done because you've done what Pete did and these other publications have done. They've reinvented the magazine into a, what I call them, uh, I kind of call you guys MAGA books because yeah. I don't want to get rid of them. And, you know, there's new ones coming along that are somewhat similar that you kind of go, Okay, they've they've reinvented themselves, and that's what we had to do as a catalog business. That's what everybody has to do in different generations. So the fact that you've done that and then you've niched down, that's the other thing that everyone kept saying is you need a niche, 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 and you've niched down into this yeah. brand. So it sounds like it's worked out fairly well for you, uh, despite this little challenge called COVID. If, if you're a business that's starting up and you're selling a product, a, little, a, a good little key tip, is to, as opposed to going to a 3PL, if you don't have the volume to go to a, to a like a, an established 3PL, which can be uh, their prices are there to make money. Um, it's not great for you when you're starting out. Mm -hmm. The businesses that you were talking about, the direct mail companies. So there's a whole bunch of older direct mail companies with great access to the post office, already set up systems and, and with people that work there for years and years and years that understand how to pick and pack things. And um, these business models uh, or these businesses are great to source out because they're quite, I've found them to be cheaper. They can dial into your website and they can, um, they, they just work seamlessly. Yeah. They're not as flashy. They don't have the flashy websites on the front end, but they've got the experience on the back end. And that is a key tip. Yeah. Uh, nice tip. Thanks for sharing that. Hey, let's talk about a special vehicle in your life. You talked about that Mazda, but is there one vehicle that you've owned that really stands out? And 
What was that vehicle? And share a story about it with us. Uh, yeah, well, uh, it's got to be the the nine eleven the nine seventy three nine eleven T that I've that I've got. I've owned that nearly as long as the magazine. It's an old bitzer of a car. It had been, I think, it had been raced for like eight eight years when I bought it. Um, it's a California car. Yeah, cool. And it's still still got the um, the twin battery boxes in the front. Uh-huh. So you can like it hasn't had a front ender. Yep. Um, <laughs> it may have had a rear ender. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So uh, yeah, I think it's been used in a lot of tarmac rallies, and uh, it was set up for super sprint. So it, it it's made to look like a seventy three RS with the with the front blitter and the ducktail. Uh, which gives a lot of stability. Nice. Check my YouTube video for that on uh, on Aero. <laughs> so engine wise, it's a three liter SC motor. Ooh, so it's nice. uh, Bosch injection, nine one five gearbox, short ratio uh, with an LSD, and it's just a nice light uh, package. Kind of made to emulate the powder weight in a seventy three RS. Yeah. So it's not amazing, you know, stupid power like like the Mazda. It's a great all over package that you can really push to the limit and um, have some fun with on the track. What color is it? It's uh, GP white. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Classic. I love the SC motor. That motor is just, uh, it's awesome. I have a good friend, Bill, who has a beautiful paint to sample metallic green SC, 78 SC. And I love driving that car. I've tried and get him to sell me that car and he just won't do it. Now there's, it's shooting through the moon for values. And so he was smart not to let it go, but uh, I love that car. It's just so much fun to drive. Really, really, really (laughs) cool cars. I'm going to be your car psychologist and kind of get in your head a little bit here, Lee. If you were manifest as a vehicle, what would you be and why? Oh, wow. (laughs) What would I be? Well, uh, I play basketball. I'm quite athletic. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wasted that athleticism by not doing anything with it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I don't know I've always um, kind of been at home in base model cars. I always I, I I tend to like like those cars which everything's kind of stripped back and you've got the the bare bones of the car and you can really kind of play with that. So yeah. I, I had some great times in um, in the mid engine cars in Porsche. So maybe maybe I'm like a a nine eight seven Boxster Spider or something. Ooh. So, uh, athletic. Got a got a bit of a few miles on the clock now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, a great concept, but generally a pain in the ass to own, especially in the rain. <laughs> well, you know, I tell you, the Boxster. I really like those cars and the Caymans. Uh, last time the Porsche, before the COVID thing hit, Porsche had a bunch of cars up at our local raceway, Pacific Raceway, and I got invited to come and drive all the new cars. And they had they had all of them there, including the Cayenne, the Macan, and you know 911s, yeah. turbos, and all that. And it was raining that day, so they were very, very cautious. They told everyone to leave the the traction control on cars, and you know don't be too crazy and but at lunch one of the started talking to one of the porsche guys and i told him i used to race and i've had lots of 911 he goes hey well which car was your favorite car this morning and i said you know i should say 911 because that's my car of choice but it was the cayman and he goes well you want to go back out and we'll kind of have a little bit more fun be a little more spirited while everybody's eating so he let me kind of get on it a little bit more and you know slide around a little bit and i just loved the feeling and balance of that car it was just yeah felt really really good and i've always thought gosh would i would i abandon the 911 for a cayman would my ego let me do that uh but i like the size because the new porsches have gotten rather large yeah. you know when you park a new porsche next to your car or my turbo our cars look pretty small next to the new yeah. porsches right 
Yeah, I was at a track day uh, for, for one of the dealerships and invited me along and I, I brought the 73 and just driving it up to all these new cars and parking it there. Uh, I walked up to the grandstand, looked back down and it was, um, you know, this small little thing. Yeah, yeah. So, it's yeah, really yeah, it was bigger. But the, the boxes are a great size and a great a great package. Um, right. And the 911 is a, is a special thing. I think the Boxster sells a lot of 911s where, where it introduces you to how great Porsche is and then uh, your ego pushes you off to the 911. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's why I said that. Hey, is there a great book that you've – obviously, you guys have a great magazine, and uh, we'll put links so that listeners can go and subscribe and enjoy your publication. But is there a great book that you've maybe read in the last year or so you'd like to share? Um, yeah, well, the latest issue of Duck and Whale is <laughs> just amazing. <laughs> there you go. I, I read a lot of business books. I'm, I'm always trying to oh, trying good. to teach myself in that kind of manner. So I'm reading the 10x rule by Grant Cardone or Atomic Habits. It's all about kind of time and you know with three kids and and um, businesses. I'm I'm trying to be a business owner, not an operator. Mm, <laughs> it's yes. my kind of new focus. Yeah. Uh, I'm also reading uh, the Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. It's kind of something a bit different. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. It's a different. Different take than than the standard kind of yeah yeah exactly on that kind of theme uh, but I do love the classics I do love like the how to win friends and influence people and oh yeah absolutely you know there's another great book and my listeners have heard me share this but it's great for businesses any businesses but especially younger ones it changed the way my old business partner and I ran our business and that's uh, the E Myth by Michael Gerber. Which is uh, oh, right. yeah, great read. So, uh, but yeah, ten x rule, atomic habits, uh, and I haven't read the green lights. Uh, it sounds really interesting what he's up to. So I'll get my hands on that, and I'll put links to all these books on Lee's show notes page. You listeners know there's a great place on the Carjo website called Guest Recommended Books, where there's well over two thousand books listed there with quick, easy links to buy. And of course, we'll put the Duck and Whale website with an easy click to go and subscribe. I encourage you to do that. You know, even if you're not a diehard. Cur- Porsche person, I think you might be after reading A Duck and Whale. I think so. Let's go on the ultimate drive today. I've got a magic wand that allows me, arouses me, it does that too. It allows me to uh, allows me to take you on the ultimate drive. So you can pick any car in the world to be in. I'll provide it to you. You can be with anyone, living or deceased, and you can be anywhere on the planet in that vehicle. I assume we're going to wow. be in a Porsche today. I'm just kind of guessing. but uh, So let's start there. What's the vehicle I'm going to be buying you today? Wow, live or dead or anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world and anyone who's deceased or currently alive. Yeah, that opens up all sorts of opportunities and possibilities. How about uh, how about a left field? Um, how about I jump in the seat of Dennis Jenkins next Ooh. to Sterling Moss? Yeah, okay. In, uh, the Mercedes 300 SLR in 1955. So we're, we're leaving the Porsche. Yeah, you're going a whole nother direction. Well, we're staying in the, the father line. Millie Miglia. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I get you. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. You know, I'll tell you something, Lee. I've talked to lots and lots of collectors in the world, many people who take their collector cards on these wonderful tours and rallies all over the world. And the car that stands out that I think is the old classic car is the 300 SL. That car, I've only driven one. It was a Roadster. It drove like a modern car. Now, as much as an old car would drive like a modern car, but it felt so solid, powerful, comfortable. I just felt like I could drive it for a long time, and any of these older cars are not that way. So I think that would be pretty darn cool. Although I'd like a Roadster instead of a Going, because I hear those Goings can get a little hot inside. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, yeah. The, I, I, think, think the, I think they raced in a road. SLR right? had no roof. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Absolutely. Cool. After being caught, after being stuck in Australia for, for the last two years, I, I think uh, a trip from Brescia to, to Rome and back in 10 hours um, would be a bit of fun. <laughs> you think? Yeah, I think so. I might get in trouble, but uh sounds like fun to me. You've taken us on a fun ride today, my friend. It's been really cool learning more about your business, Duck and Whale. Uh, wonderful publication. Before I let you go, could you share maybe a success quote or a mantra or words of inspiration for our listeners as we kind of try to come back to a little bit of normalcy here? Yeah. Uh, success quote. All right, let's go back to the, the beginning with um, uh, Winston Churchill. So uh, okay. success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It's the courage to continue to count. Yeah, yeah. That guy had a lot of great ones. You wonder, did he make all that stuff up or did he have a good writer on staff? That He was a great marketing <laughs> guy, wasn't he? <laughs> he had a, he had a, yeah. He was either amazing or he had a great team. They're probably all women, I well, maybe yeah, maybe they were, yeah. But uh, a lot of great, wonderful sayings that really stand the test of time. How can people learn more about your wonderful publication? Okay, so um, I'm you purchase off the website and uh, you find your region. And we're in three different regions, um, but you find your region by going to Duck and Whale Mag uh, dot com. So it's A and D for the internet, and uh, we're on Instagram. We're we're pretty active on there, and that's um, at Duck and Whale. A&D again, and Facebook is Duck uh, and Whale Porsche Culture Magazine. There you go. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll put links to all of these on Lee's show notes page so you can find them easily in case you're out riding or walking or driving or whatever you're doing today while you're listening to this podcast. Lee, thanks for uh, uh, jumping on board here and talking with me about this uh, cool publication, being a Porsche fan. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, I love what you're doing. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you, hopefully, maybe at the next Red Sport. That'd be fun. That'd be great. I'll be there. All right. Me too. Thanks so much. 20, 50, or 100 years from now, will there be a workforce to care for the collector vehicles we love? With auto shop programs disappearing across the country, it's a question we enthusiasts have to ask. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these vehicles aren't lost to time. One of the many ways RPM which is short for Restoration, Preservation, and Mentorship, is accomplishing this goal is through workforce development initiatives. The RPM Apprenticeship Program enables the next generation of artisans to earn a living while they learn the craft of restoring and preserving these vehicles directly from industry professionals. The Endangered Skills Program documents the process of masters training future craftspeople on a variety of critical skills in danger of being lost forever. For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of the collector vehicle skills trade, visit RPM Foundation today. They're one of the charities of choice here on Cars Yeah! Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up! a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!